Hey, it's Jill. And here's some tea we're about to spill. About what life is like being 20. Some things. It's 20. Hello, guys. And Hi. we're back. And now... I'm not good at this. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> so, hello guys! We are back! And I'm super excited for today's episode. Yes! Which is... Avengers Woo! Endgame! Yeah. I don't know if it's too late to talk about Avengers. But at the same time, I feel like... We have to talk about it. Yeah. Because we have so much feels about it. Yes. And also, this is kind of the perfect time since everyone has probably watched it by now. Mm-hmm. So, like... No spoiling because we hate spoilers. Yeah, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, what then, are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> or just don't listen to this podcast because right on the get go, we're going to start spoiling like a lot of things about it already. Okay, so I, I, you know, being the J that I am, I like to categorize things. So, like, why don't we start off with our favorite moments in the MCU and nope. Our favorite moments in <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Okay. Who, who, do you want to start first or should I? You can go. Okay. Can I talk about my overall thoughts pala muna? Yes. Like, just general thoughts. So, like, the movie was really able to deliver in the sense that it felt like an end mm-hmm. of an amazing book. Yes, actually. Like, I, I felt that there are no loose ends for me. Like, I feel like every character arc was closed. Like, I feel satisfied coming out of the cinema. Like, even though I was, like, totally emotionally drained, I'd totally be happy if there were no other Avenger movies that would that would come out. Because that's how complete I felt, like, after watching the series. Or, the, sorry, the movie. Well, on my part, my overall thoughts, it was everything I expected it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it didn't go under. It didn't go over. It was just everything I expected it to be. I felt all the feels. Actually, I was really... Like, I prepared <laughs> tissues coming into the cinema because I was like, I know I'm gonna shed buckets of tears. Like, even if there yeah. were no sad scenes, I feel like just because it was ending, like, I'd feel a lot of feels. Like Yeah, I mean, for me, like, there were really two very, very loose ends for me that... No matter what I read online, like I can't get satisfied with an answer. Let's talk about it. Baka Let's talk about after it right hashing now? it out here. No, right later. Now? Yeah, later. Okay. So, but I feel like after hashing yeah. it out, maybe we can find a solution to it. Yes. Who's your favorite MCU character? Well, wait. Let me really, really think about it. Mm. Because it used to be Iron Man. Mm, what happened? Tom Holland came along. Oh, like, yeah. Well, before, like, Spider-Man was just okay to me. But Tom Holland Spider-Man, like, that specifically appealed to me. Like, I don't know. He's, he's a good kid, you know? He's pretty funny. He <gasps> is. Offline. No, I feel like they made the right decision to make him younger. Yeah, exactly. Although, the first... I think the first, the Toby Parker. No, he was pretty old. Toby no, no, McGuire. but he was in high he? school. Yeah. yeah, but isn't he in high school as well? Yeah, but he looked old. Yeah, he does look old. Like, I feel like he is, his character is more cohesive to the type of personality Spider-Man has. Like, very yeah. makulit. Mm-mm. What's makulit in English? Annoying? <laughs> no, that's bad, eh. Um, energetic? I guess, yeah. There. <laughs> Although he is kind of annoying to, I know, like some. But he's character. like adorably annoying. Yeah. Like the type of annoying that you would. Oh, so cute. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. no, no, you, that you were that you're okay. No, what's the term? So my yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite character is Thor. But not but really. Before the third movie, I think my favorite character would have been Black Widow because she's so badass. I don't really know much about Black Widow actually. I feel like the whole um, Avengers. Mm run i i feel like i didn't know as much about her as i had to well she's getting a movie now yes i'm very excited about that actually no sorry i digress i like scarlet witch pala oh yeah she's fucking badass i love her but then after thor ragnarok came out he's now my favorite character yeah he is and i really like chris hemsworth but you know sorry side point though i actually didn't like captain america up until infinity war like, I felt like he was so annoying. Really? Yeah, because I feel like he's such an upright character. Like, you know, um, let's do what's right. You know, fight for America. Watch your language. And I'm like, oh, God. He's like... The watch your language was like a bit too much. But other parts are like, yeah, he's Captain America. You know? Right? Mm. But then after listening to 
um, the Russo brothers talk about his character arc, I really appreciated his character more now in Infinity War and Avengers. Uh, in Endgame. Which I'll talk about later. But yes. yeah. Okay. So many teasers. I know. Can't what? This is why I love talking about Avengers. It's like getting me all hyped up. Okay. Okay. So my first favorite part is I love how the movie was emotionally driven. Because I feel like MCU has, what they call this, signature recipe of being action plus comedy. Yeah. It's very known for that, right? Mm. So I love how at the very beginning, the tone is already very melancholic. And you know that it's going to be very emotional. Although it still has a lot of its funny parts and a lot of its um, adventure-driven, action-packed parts. They really focused on the effects of Thanos' snap because essentially the heroes felt the guilt of not being the superheroes the world needed them to be and you see it like the different ways it affected each of them I also like how the heroes dealt with the problem it's not with their superpowers or brute strength but it's about their humanity because you know they created like a support group yeah right I don't know. It sounds yeah. like a good message to me. It gave me all the tingles. Actually, like I read this tweet by my friend. Mm. Who's Her who? Twitter username is at Crystal Angela. She's a very talented painter. Hi. And she tweeted this like the original Avengers are supposed to represent the different stages of grief. So, oh, interesting! Yeah. I didn't know that. So the way she sees it, denial was Tony. Mm. I see that anger. Clint, like he mm. went on a serial killer rampage. Mm. Like I was surprised, and bargaining was Steven Nat. They were like the ones left at the Avenger station. What did they call their home? I just called the Avenger station. Like you know, they mm. were the ones keeping it together. And depression, well, it's Thor. Mm. It really took a toll on him. And acceptance is Bruce. So I was like, Bruce? that mm. Bruce Banner. So I was like, this is a very interesting take on it, you know? And I think each stage also is very aligned with the character, the MCU character. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why I'm so impressed with the Russo brothers and the writer. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember the writer's name. But I just felt like they were able to include a lot of different themes. Mm-hmm. But still make the story very co- cohesive. Because, you know, other movies, even though they try to put important themes into it, they can't really tie it up into a um, a sensible storyline. And I also loved how the movie, like, it was able to showcase a lot of character arc of the different characters. Like mm. Nebula. Because during the yeah. first movies, like, she was just a side character who spoke like this all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't get it, but... But then you see her, like, really evolve into her own and... But also, I'm kind of sad because I feel like Black Widow didn't get much of a character arc and she's supposed to be one of the originals, you know? Hmm... That's yeah. true. Maybe we'll see it more. Actually, yeah, maybe we'll see it more. But then I think her movie's gonna be a prequel. But maybe we'll get to have a better feeling. Yeah, probably. How about you? What's one of your favorite parts? Oh, but my, but actually my favorite parts from the movie are the parts I cried because I don't know, I don't show much emotion. Take a go. Yeah, but before that, like, um, I actually. This is gonna be, I feel like, an unpopular opinion, but a lot of the parts where I was supposed to laugh, I didn't find it funny. Mm. Like, I was a bit disappointed because usually, like, Marvel movies make me laugh 100% me of the time. Mm. Especially, like, my favorite humor, my favorite Marvel movie humor is Iron Man. No, Ant Man. Really? Yeah. Iron Man. I like mean, Ant Man. Mm. But, like. Sorry. <laughs> Do you remember where he called one of Thor's children Squidward? Sorry, that was. Peak, peak laugh trip for me. Remember, like get out of the way, Squidward, or something like that. In, the, in where in, in, in game? Infinity I don't remember. War. Infinity War. The oh. one of the 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 telekinetic guy, the one who. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, he looked like Squidward. No, no, Thanos. You said Thor's children. Oh, sorry, Thanos. So I was like, ah, sorry. I was like, wait, Thor or Chris Hemsworth children? Because I know Chris Hemsworth has, has kids. Children. Sorry, so like, sorry. Or did Thor have an apprentice? <laughs> sorry. Okay, go. Okay. Oh, which joke are you talking about? Uh, the joke I didn't find funny. I don't know, like the part where, you know, like um, Ant-Man was holding the taco and then it just kind of flew. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know, that. like some parts were just like, I knew this would happen. Like, it's not funny. But anyway, um... My favorite part was when Tony went back in time mm-hmm. and saw his, his dad. dad. And the moment they made the mistake, I was like, ooh, they're going to that pass. That pass that had Howard, 
Pin and Peggy. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I knew that they were going to see their past, but like, I didn't think I would cry so much. Like, really? like I cried so much, especially the part wherein Tony was asking, oh, what are you gonna name him and stuff like that? Well, actually, before that, I was crying to the point where I was fanning myself mm-hmm. and I never do that. And, and it's kind of funny because it's not even the most emotional part mm-hmm. of the whole movie, right? And I've actually watched it twice and I cried just as hard the second time around, you know? And it's my favorite scene. Like, yeah, I was super sad about it, but like, I cried so hard. And then my mom was like, why are you crying? I think she was genuinely curious on why I was like super crying at that moment. Which specific but part of their interaction did you cry at? It started when... But wait, sorry. Did you yeah. realize na when his dad came on screen, it was his dad? Yeah. Because I didn't. Oh yeah, I did. But it's not that I remembered Howard's face. It was more of like you felt I, that that's how they were gonna go with the story. Yeah, right? no, I knew. <laughs> no, because like every at that point, everyone was meeting with their past. Mm, yes, so yes. like, if they didn't get to, that's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone got. Black Widow didn't get to meet anyone from her past, mm-hmm. and then she said that she never knew her father's name. Black Widow, you deserve this solo film. I know she does, oh, yeah. and I'm happy because. Scarlett Johansson's the one who's producing it. Yeah, so girl power. I know. Okay, sorry, continue. Okay, um, the part where it really hit me was, I don't know, like, it was so simple. Like, he was just asking, na parang, how did you feel when you had your kid? And then Tony was like, well, you know, it's, you kind of just... You just know, roll with the punches. Yeah, roll with the punches. And Tony said something like, oh, my dad was always kind of hard on me. Mm-hmm. But like, in the end, when I look back at it, I only see the good times. Are you okay? I'm, I'm a bit teary-eyed. See, that's how much that, that scene affects me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess it really harks back to like episode 4. Mm. Was it 4? No, it was episode 3. We're in like... I guess I'm not just I'm just not used to parent-child emotion. Mm. And I'm like... I can see that, you know. I can, I can feel you, Tony. Mm. You know? Mm. So yeah. Did you cry at that part? Sadly, no. <laughs> What? I guess maybe I wasn't maybe it's as just me. <laughs> no, I, I feel like a lot of people cried in that part, but maybe I'm just not as invested with on Tony Tony's... Stark. Uh, yeah. No, I like Tony Stark, but because I cried when he died, but I I guess I, I wasn't invested did. in his yeah yeah I wasn't invested in his storyline with his parents, like them dying and him you know not feeling like he had a relationship with them. I guess and on then, that part, I... and then that's also what started the civil war. Yeah, that's no, okay. Like each to one's own, right? What's your next favorite part? My next favorite part is... Well, he's not a part. He's a character. It's Fat Thor! Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed Fat Thor's character. I didn't laugh at all his funny bits. Well, some, some, I guess. It's not his funny bits eh, that really got me. Well, at first, when he came out, I was like, what the fuck did they do to Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> Why is his belly bigger than his whole... Th- th- it's like thrice the size of his head. Wait, <laughs> can I just share a meme? Mm. Like, um, I'm gonna say it in Tagalog because I, be- I feel like it's best delivered in Tagalog. But there was this Twitter user said that Matagal ko nang body goals si Thor. Sa sobrang tagal, siya na nag-adjust sa akin. <laughs> wait, wait, let's try to translate it. Um, Thor has been my body goal Ever for since, years. Yeah, for years. It's been so long that he's the one who adjusted to me. <laughs> Sorry, funnier in delivery in Tagalog. Yeah, but yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. yeah Actually, mm-hmm. the, for me, like one mm-hmm. of the best things about Avengers Endgame is all the memes. Like, yeah. Like, you know, the community coming as one, throwing memes. I love the memes. Anyway, go on. I think the reason why, well, I didn't find him my favorite character after I watched the movie. It's more of when I marinated and read reviews on it that I agreed how it was such a good decision to make Thor fat Thor. Because first of all, they used him as a device to showcase the reality of depression, guilt, guilt, depression, and anxiety, right? Yeah, I also read that. Yeah, so I think that was like, like a really good move on their part. In one of the interviews of the Russo brothers, they told the interviewer that they really used this film to showcase the psychological realism of what loss and guilt can really do to a person. Hence the five stages of grief. Yeah, yeah, right? And then, Thick Thor with two Cs, I felt was... <laughs> he was really thick, thick. man. Like, thick. Right? <laughs> but like, I feel like his scene was very important because personally, I actually felt that Thor was hit the hardest with what happened in Infinity War. Because if he would have just gone for the freaking hand and not his chest, 
then none of the snapping and the vanishing would have had happened in the first place. So you know what happens is Thor starts wallowing on his self-deprecating grief and, you know, gets thick as a result of it, as you do when you're sad and stressed. But what's great for me is that they actually never fixed his weight by the end of the movie. Although, to be honest, I actually thought that they would, but I think it's pretty great that they don't. Um, because it's showing that by the end of everything, you know, he was actually able to resolve his emotional grief and find closure after they defeated Thanos. And as Christopher Marcus says, who's actually one of the writers of the film, is they left him or they left Thor in that state at the end of the movie, you know, being thick and fat, even though he was emotionally resolved. Because what they were trying to say is that he was able to fix his problem, his internal, his mental problem, and that. His problem was actually never his weight. You know, fixing his weight would never fix the grief he felt. The weight was a result of it, yes, but finding peace in himself would never come about in fixing his weight. And I I just think that's a kind of like a powerful message. I don't know. I agree with what you said that it's also an ode to body acceptance. And also, yeah. a lot of people can now cosplay as Thor because now <laughs> you, you can be a thick double C Thor, you know. But do you think like in Asgardians of the Galaxy, mm. do you think he'll still oh. be thick? I think not. Feeling or no, but yeah. I think they'll kind of like lead it in a way where a lot of time has passed. So definitely yeah. he has time to like shed his body and you know become... Because I think it's gonna be hard to CGI that entire thing, you know. Chris yeah. Hemsworth has a rockin' bod. But I wanna um, touch on that topic because mm. like some people didn't like um, Thick Thor. Why? They felt like the Russo brothers threw away um, Taika Wakiki's... Uh, Ragnarok? And Ragnarok. Like, you mean the, his funny funniness? Like his whole character arc there. Like, they felt like he became a caricature, like, you know, fat mm. guy jokes. But for me, like, I agree with you that Thick Thor, you know, kind of served a purpose in body accent. Because, you know, that's one of the ways you show grief. That's one of the ways, actually, that Thor showed he was human more mm-hmm. than God, you know? Yeah. But the one thing that I agree with that um, I wish the Russo brothers took from Ragnarok was... In Ragnarok, Thor was able to conjure lightning without the hammer whose name we can't right. pronounce. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, be- because, like, in the end, he realizes that the power is within him yeah. all along. He's not a it's, god of hammers. He's yes, the god of, of thunder. thunder. The, the hammer just serves as this, like, I wouldn't vessel. say wand. Vessel. Oh, yeah, vessel. <laughs> That's better, you know? Yeah. And he thought that the power was from there, but it was from within him mm. all along. I guess... That's just what I would have wanted to see mm. in Avengers Endgame. But I feel like the reason the Russo brothers brought the hammer on was because... Of Captain America, right? At the end. Well, I was thinking because, you know, when he went back to the past... Ah, right. Like, he then, said that, I am still worthy. worthy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, f- I felt like that was why they brought the hammer mm. back. But still, I don't know. I wish I could have seen it, you know. Thor throwing the hammer and then just, you know... Doing like bolting like Pikachu, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pikachu! Pika. He's so cute. Yeah. But sorry, another thing, another reason why I really like Thick Thor is because a lot of the times when superheroes are shown on screen, they're really fit, like mm. gorgeous, the epitome of human they, existence. But they kind of have to because, like, if you're gonna be a superhero and kick butt. I mean, you're gonna have to be physically fit yeah. to kick butt. But they're like, there's like natural. Do you know natural Libre? No. It's um it's Jack Black. Like he was like his own superhero but he was like a fat person. I don't know. Yeah, but I agree with your sentiments. But then at the same time, it it's very refreshing to see like a yeah. superhero who's like thick and juicy. No, he's not juicy. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> Wait, okay. Yeah, okay, go. What's your next favorite part? Oh man, I feel like all my favorite parts are so sad. But mm. I don't know like I really like for me, like emotionally movie, triggering. Yeah, in the movie, I always my favorite parts will always be the parts that you know stay in my heart Mm-mm. and really affect me. My Mm-mm. second favorite part is Iron Man hugging Spider Man after he comes back. Aww. You know when he comes up to Tony and he's just like, "Oh my God, Mister Stark!" And then I was like, "What? It's been five years." And then Doctor Strange was like, "Oh, he's here." And then we gotta go. And I was like, "Where we gotta go?" And then the whole time Spider Man was babbling like. You could see the love Mm-mm. in his eyes. And the first and second time, I cried both times. And then he just pulls him in and... Hugs him. Hugs him. And you know what? Like, I read some somewhere in Twitter that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know what the sad part is? Spider-Man will never know 
that the reason Tony wanted to get back, well, get into the time heist was because he of missed him. Spider-Man. Yeah. Because, like, honestly, yeah, like... He was already happy with yeah. his family. Like, there's no other reason for him to do it again, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think that also applauds to RDJ's ability as an actor. Like, yeah. just from his eyes, you can already sense the level of emotion that he had. I'm gonna miss him as Iron Man. Um, I've actually watched him before, before mm. Iron Man, because my parents, they have this favorite movie because it's the movie they watched on their first date. Aw, that's and cute. And the movie's called Chances Are... And it actually stars RDJ. Mm. After we watched Iron Man, I remember my dad telling me, do you remember that movie I had you watch? The chances are. And then I said, yeah. And then my dad told me like um, RDJ's whole journey. And he how, has a drug addict yeah, going to jail. And how his comeback is actually un- was unforeseen. Mm. It's just so great, you know? Because I feel like the reason RDJ is able to put so much emotions in Tony... And the reason I can't see anyone else as Iron Man is because, like, I feel like Iron Man's journey and um, RDJ's journey is pretty similar. Similar, mm-hmm. like they're on parallel path. And I don't know if you know this, but on the first Iron Man, remember when he came back from the war? Mm. And um, as soon as he came back, he was like, "I want, oh, uh, I want a cheeseburger." I cried in the scene. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, in I want a cheeseburger. That's what Tony said. And in the funeral. Happy Hogan was asking, oh, what do you want? And then Morgan said, cheeseburgers. Mm. And actually, with RDJ, the moment he was like, I'm gonna quit drugs, was when he was eating a cheeseburger. Really? At Burger King. I didn't know that. That's why he wanted the line to be included at Iron Man 1. Oh. Yeah. That was the moment he was like, I gotta get my shit together, yeah. you know? Yeah. But and can I just talk about the scene about party. Happy and Morgan? Like, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that scene broke me more than Iron Man's death. I don't know why. Like, when I saw Happy's, Happy Hogan's face when he heard those words from Morgan, I don't know. Just, that was the hardest I cried during the entire movie. Really? Wait, for me, I only noticed it the second time because I had already read mm. the cheeseburger story mm. of RDJ ah. and Iron Man then. But I didn't know because, like, I, I some people were, like, really hardcore. Like, mm. they watched all the whole... Marvel Universe movie before coming to Endgame but but I I didn't like I didn't have a refresher so most of the refreshers I got were from the internet but I don't know well actually that's one of my favorite parts (laughs) the cheeseburger me too no because I was really sad when like he was starting to die and you know Pepper Potts was there and I cried at that part and I also cried during his funeral but I don't know why that quiet time with Morgan and Happy like really hit home like the reality of Iron Man's death really sunk in and I was like I don't know like seeing the tears from Happy because Happy was the first person who was ever by his side at the yeah. very beginning right so I don't know just that just hit home for me yeah what? wait said, what? can we talk I mean since we're already here okay. can we talk about like the death of Iron Man scene yeah sure go did your heart stop because my heart like it stopped when he revealed that the stones were at at yeah, his hand. Yeah. Like when I saw that, my heart literally stopped because I knew that was the beginning of the mm-hmm. fucking end. Yeah. I mean, like, even before I watched the movie, I knew he was gonna die. Mm-hmm. It had to be him mm-hmm. for it to hurt. And when they introduce his daughter, I'm like, okay, Marvel, make the pain worse by <laughs> by letting him have yeah. a kid, you know? And in the end, I think it was showing that, you know, he's only human, you know? He's Iron Man. Mm. And I don't know, I, that scene was just really, really intense. Intense for me. Speaking of heart stopping, um, my part, the part where I felt like my heart stopped was when Hulk snapped his fingers and you were like, oh my god, they all, they're all coming back. And then when Ant Man walked to the glass panel because yeah. he saw a butterfly, and then fucking spaceship explosion started like booming at them, I was like, shit. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I expected that. That's why my heart didn't stop. No, because I I, I wanted they, a sense of almost, peace. Yeah. I wanted a sense of resolution first. Like but everyone's it coming back. But it would have been too back. easy. I know, I know. It would have been too easy. I was scared that the the snapping and the half of the world dying would repeat itself all over again. Like I was scared that they wouldn't give us a good ending, like a happy ending where everybody would come back. 
So, like, the whole time where Thanos was walking out and they were fighting with him, I was super tense. Like, I felt my butt clenching and like, <laughs> I was like, what is gonna happen? Because in Infinity War, they showed us that they would give us a bad, like, a sad ending, right? So, I was, like, super worried. But then that wasn't the end, you know? Yeah, but I was still worried that... I, I feel because the Rooster Brothers are the type where they would change things up and, like hit you where you wouldn't expect it. So I felt like we wouldn't get a good ending in Endgame. And a lot of people because they were tweeting sad things. Although I know it's because of RDG's death now. Yeah. But I was misled because I thought that it meant that there wasn't a good ending to Endgame. I never thought that it would end badly though because like in because like in the end it's a Marvel Disney movie. No, and you know in this hopeless world we have to show that good always prevails in the end. Even though it doesn't always, you know? I think that's the message of superheroes in general. Mm. And also, can I add, like, the whole thing that affected me with Tony Stark's death was that he could have not done it. Mm. He could have just stayed in his home Mm -hmm. with his wife and his kid. And yeah, like, half the world has gone missing, but like... You have a happy family. And yeah, you failed, but you did the best you could have done to save the world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you deserve to rest. Mm -hmm. Not in peace, but with your wife and your kid. And then that moment when he saw like... He was able to do the... Oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. When he saw Spider-Man, like the picture with him, and then he was like, okay, let's, let's see if this works. And... And of course, it's gonna be Iron Man who makes it work. I don't know, like, I don't know why I thought about this, but, like, when he was dying, like, this thought was stuck in my head that geniuses are rarely altruists, you know? Mm, that's true. And because they're very logical. They don't yeah. decide on things based on emotion or values or morals. And this is probably, like, a really unpopular opinion, but... I kind of just wanted... This is pretty... I know, I know. Like, that's not what a hero is supposed to be. Like, a hero is someone who goes beyond. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted him to stay with his family. Because I feel like he had already done so much for Mm. the world. And... That that was my thought the mm-hmm. first time I watched it, and mm-hmm. I was like, why 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 did that thought cross my mind? Mm-hmm. And then when when I watched it for the second time, um, remember the scene that he saw his dad mm-hmm. in the past when they were at the elevator. Um, Howard said something like, "Oh man, good thing you have a girl. I wouldn't want my child to be a boy." And then Tony was like, "Why not?" And then Howard says that because if it's a girl it's less likely to turn out like me. And then Mm. Tony was like, what's wrong with you? And then he says that the greater good has rarely outweighed my Mm self-interest. Howard Mm. was a genius and he wasn't an altruist. I think we're destined to become our parents. And I think that's what happened to Tony. But then like the war changed him and he became Iron Man, you know? I get that. But can I add to that? Yeah. Why I feel like it's also great that they made his storyline about sacrificing his own life was I think it's a great end to his character arc because he started off as someone who was very selfish selfish but it ended with him being selfless and it's actually super interesting you know remember the part where uh, Iron Man asked Doctor Strange like tell me this is the one chance that you saw and I told you it wouldn't happen yeah because I feel like if he told Iron Man that he was the one who was going to end things, he would doubt himself. Like, he would, he would have he second would thoughts. Like he would be anxiously introverted. Yeah, no, he would be like, what about my family, my girl? Because he decided it in the moment. That's how they won. But if he was given a view of what could happen, that might have changed things. So I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I get your point. And I kind of agree because it is really sad that he didn't have... Well, at least he, uh, for a time, he experienced like happiness with yeah. his family. But it is pretty sad that it you, didn't end great for him. Yeah. You know what? Like, um, I don't know if you remember, but there's this kid right next to... Yes, I know. remember him. Okay, so you know who he is. Yeah. And I read a tweet. I hate Twitter sometimes, but I read a tweet that... He was going to be the next Iron Man? No. That Iron Man was a father figure to Spider-Man the and kid. Harley. And okay, the kid. yeah. But his actual daughter won't have a father oh my God. to grow up with. That's Wait, so oh my sad. God. I feel like I'm such a faker because in a lot of podcasts, I'm like, I'm an Aquarius. I'm not that emotional, but like, woo, father-child scenes get me a lot. Oh my God. And I see a lot of fan art 
um, with Tom, I Tom, Tom Holland talaga eh, with Peter and Hardy being the big brothers Aww. doing science things with Morgan. Yeah. That's cute. I, I hope they yeah. go in that direction. Like, I hope if, they show more of Morgan. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. yeah. She is pretty cool. She's like her dad. Like, <laughs> there was... And I don't okay, know about Okay, Oh, you, you next. Let's try to make things more happier. Yeah, okay. I'm more sorry. Happier. Let's try to make things happier. <laughs> um, one of my next favorite scenes was the time traveling scene or the time traveling montage because I feel like they saluted a lot of the beginnings of Avengers because they went back to New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, but there are two scenes that I really love the most. First is the dance sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy. And then like And then our machine's like he's really an idiot. That was so funny yeah. because it's just I don't know, it's like fun to see the scene from from the outside, right? Yeah. Like outside of like Quill's head. <laughs> yeah, and he's singing along. Yeah. Super off tune. And then the next scene I really like was Captain America fighting against Captain America. I don't know. Oh yeah, I like that scene too. You know, that scene is pretty deep. Pala. Like there was mm-hmm. a lot of thought, I feel like, that was put into it. Well, first of all, the America's ass thing was <laughs> solid. Like that is fucking America's ass. <laughs> but like, remember when he said the phrase, I can do this all day? Yeah. Do you, have, do you remember what other movies he said that in? No. That was actually the third time he said the phrase. The first one was in um, Captain America, The First Avenger, where he was still thin. Like, he was, like, being roughed, yeah, roughed up by one of the soldiers, day, yeah. and he was like, I can do this all day. And then he got punched. The second time was in Civil War, when he was fighting with Iron Man. He was like, I can... You remember? Yeah. And then this is the third time. And actually, the three times he said that showed different stages of his character arc. Oh. See, I told you the Russo brothers are fucking geniuses. Did they handle the whole, all the um, Avengers? All the Avengers, not the, the first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think they started with Civil War, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay. But, or was it Winter Soldier? I don't remember anymore. But um, I, I heard from an interview that they t- where they talked about the whole story arc. So in First Avenger, it showed how he was still a patriot. Like, he was still about fight for America, you know? Support the government, support America, like, fight for my country. In Civil War, he was an insurgent there because that was a time when they started unraveling his character. Like, everything he knew about the country, like, right? He really followed the government. But then in Winter Soldier and in Civil War, he understood that the government's not who he should trust because they could also be very corrupt. And so he became an insurgent there. And then by Endgame, he became a war veteran wherein he had all these experiences. And so when he's young, his younger self said that I can do this all day, he was like, I know. But then like, he said it in a way where he had so much baggage that he carried throughout the years. And he was yeah. like resolute. He changed versus who he was at the very beginning. And I don't know. I really like that. Like yeah. when I heard that, gave the scene a, a lot, lot more depth. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was why I really like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yes. so cute to see their old selves, like Hulk Smash. Yeah. <laughs> and then Professor Hulk was like, "You see this dude? Like, what's up with him?" Yeah. <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah. What about you? Um. Well, one of my favorite parts was something I only noticed in the second fi- okay. in the second time I watched it. It was when um past Gamora saw Quill. Okay. And then you know he. She kicked him in the balls. Mm-hmm. And then she said to Nebula, that's the guy? And then Nebula said, it was either him or the tree. <laughs> I mean, I didn't catch that the first time. I don't know. I just found that really funny. And that's like, one of my favorite parts. That is funny. I love their jokes yeah. in this movie. It is pretty cool. I just have three more <laughs> scenes that I want to no, talk about. No, it's okay. Go. Okay, let's do it in order of um, least significant to most significant. So, okay. I really like that Captain Marvel wasn't the be-all, end-all, or the deus ex machina of the last movie. Because, I I don't know if you remember, I was talking about in episode 2, two when yeah. we were reviewing Captain Marvel. Like, I didn't like how they made her seem all-powerful. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of theories, like, she was the one who's gonna end Thanos, end the war, which I really didn't like. Because... I don't know. I, yeah, she's like this new character that we don't mm. know if we wanna like her yet. You yeah. Know? Why is she gonna be the one to end it? No. And I feel like it's gonna it, huh. it'll make the story too easy. Yeah. Right. But if you think about it, like mm. 
Iron Man was actually the one who kicked off this whole Avengers initiative. I mean, it started with his movie. So it should have ended with his movie. That's why I got really worried when Captain ah, America came about. Captain the Marvel. Alpha is the Omega. Wait, it begins at the end. Hmm. I was gonna, yeah. It closes at the open. It opens at the close. Yon. It's a quote. It opens at the close. Okay. Like, full circle. Anyway, full circle. go on. Okay. Another scene that I really liked was the female fight scene. Like, when yeah, Tony... When, no, when Spider, Spider-Man had the glove. How are you gonna do it? And she was like, I got... No, no. Who said that? I think it was Valkyrie. Was She's it Valkyrie? She's got help. I'm not or sure. Okoye. I'm not but sure. That was, that was pretty badass. Actually, yeah. sorry. I just really like all the female characters. I feel like they did good on the female MCU characters. Yeah. Like nobody seemed weak we- or not on par with the men. Yeah. Can female. I mention the um the gauntlet scene? Okay. Because um this is another tweet from Crystal. Love your Avengers tweets, girls. But like when Hawkeye dropped it, three mm. characters picked it up. Okay. First it was Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then Spider Man mm-hmm. picked it, picked Ca- it and up. And Captain Marvel, the three new characters. Yes, the new <gasps> triumvirate. Oh ah. Crystal, your mind. No, I okay. Sorry, my thought was I thought he was passing on, the kind of like passing on the baton. I was thinking like they're gonna be the next triumvirate, mm-hmm. next Trinity. Because, no, because like, if you so, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, because if you see, that's how their movies came out. Then Black Panther, Spider Man, and then Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, but I feel like they're gonna be like the next generation's mm. top leaders. Like they're gonna be the Captain yeah. America, Thor, and Iron Man. Mm, mm. Yeah. Cool. I like your friend. Okay, my last favorite scene is I think, and I think this is everyone's favorite scene is when Iron Man said, <gasps> "When when uh, yeah. wait, let's okay, okay, okay. Time. One, two, three. I, I am Iron, Iron Man. Man. Snap. When reading the articles, that this is when I realized that I I am Iron Man was actually the last dialogue of the first movie yeah that that completely blew my mind i was like i totally forgot about that and yeah that that, that, that was super funny you know when the reporter was like because he was advised not to say mm-hmm. it and the reporter was like oh you can't be iron man he was yeah. like no yeah and then he was like the truth is the truth of the matter is i, I am iron, iron man. man that was full circle man like it started circle, with him yeah. it ended with him with steve's lines as well like i love lines that go full circle yeah Yeah. but then did you know that that line wasn't supposed to be in the movie (gasps) rdj you genius no it wasn't rdj (laughs) it was the editor who did that because this original scene was supposed to be like um thanos saying i am inevitable and then iron man just smiling and snapping his fingers but then when they were editing it the editor said i forgot who the editor was but he was the editor ever since like the first avengers movie and then he was like i don't feel like this completes the scene and so they were like we should add in i am iron man and so that was actually the last scene they shot then for the entire movie like they were doing final shoots right amazing full circle man so that was pretty cool and i also liked how subversive the i am iron man line was because before iron man like a lot of superhero movies the superheroes never showed their secret identity their secret identity Um, but i think it's more half has to do with um i just want to play devil's advocate but like tony has this um egotistical yeah i mean tony has this ego you know Mm. and well, for me, like, okay, mm, let's... That's why he yeah. said, I am Iron Man. Yeah, it was more of his ego. But it's okay. It's okay to have a little ego. But for me, like, let's see Superman. Mm. He can't reveal his true identity because if he did... He has like, his mom. Yeah, and they don't have, like, all the money to protect them mm. from the world. And if you argue that Bruce Wayne, Batman... Well, Batman needs to use his Bruce Wayne persona as um, mm. a devil-may-care playboy millionaire. Mm. So... I don't know. I, I think it's less about Marvel, but more of like the character, you know, what it needs, secret identity mm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Thor doesn't really need it because he's a god. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just really love MCU. Yeah. I'm so excited for the next few movies. Me too. What else do you want to talk about? Oh, there were two major scenes that really made me cry other than the Happy Hogan one. I'm just gonna like breeze through it, but okay. I just it just really affected me. Like the first time I cried in the movie was when Captain Marvel was pulling the ship back to Earth yeah. and Tony came out and then the camera pans down parang Captain America um, Black Widow and then Pepper Potts yeah. 
shit man that broke me like i started crying yeah i don't know why it's like mm. i guess because like in the in the first scene like you have a feeling of desolation because iron man's about to die yeah. and like there's no more hope and so when he lands back on earth like the first person he sees is the person who loves him the most i yeah. don't know that just just felt good and one of the other scenes that made me cry a lot was black widow's death because i feel like okay the thing is like i don't feel like Marvel invested a lot of character arc for Clint and Black Widow, yeah. as you've mentioned. So in that aspect, I was like, eh, when they were like fighting against each other and trying to see who would die, you know. But, but the scene where she said that, let yeah. just let go, th- that also broke me. I was like, girl, <laughs> don't leave us. But I kind of knew though that she would be the one to die because mm. like Clint, has Cl- a family. Clint had to go back to his family mm. and it would already be too heartbreaking if he also lost his family mm. but i kind of read this article where the russo brothers like the way they formulated um the story it's just very adherent to heteronormative ideals do you, do you remember that scene in brooklyn 99 wherein terry and the whole were kind of pushing each other to um, take care of Rose's bike and neither of them wanted to ride the bike because it's dangerous you know and Terry was like I have kids you know I can't ride the bike so Holt said are you saying my life matters less because I don't conform to society's heteronormative child-centric ideals and Terry was like are you really playing the gay card right now Holt says yes queen <laughs> and that scene was really funny but if you think hard about it it's just that if you see, like, the whole ending, like, some people felt like they killed Black Widow off because... She because, was the most dispensable? Yeah, yeah, because she had no one, you know? And it kind of sucks because, like, just because you have no one, does that mean, like, you should be the one to be sacrificed? Mm. Some people just choose not to have kids, Yeah, I guess. I don't know, like, that, that really... Made me think a lot, you know? Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. It's also weird because a lot of the people I've talked to expected Clint to be the one to die. Actually, like, in that article... Because they felt that he was the dispensable one. Well, they were both. I mean... Yeah. Actually, I that's mean, pretty sad. It's like, they put the two most indispensable so characters... So, it was like, who to was fight more... A, yeah! To fight a, who was more indispensable? That's so sad. Who's more dispensable? Yeah, not yeah, indispensable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, my God. We kept saying indispensable. They were both the most D- dispensable, dispensable characters. Sorry, guys. You deserve your own movie, so... Well, I think Hawkeye's gonna have a spin-off TV series. Yeah. For me, I really thought it would be Nat because it's gonna be too sad mm. if another family loses a dad. That's true. And, you know, I, I already knew we were gonna lose Tony. Mm. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about, like, loose ends or, like, questionable parts that you weren't, like, o- not really okay with? But if you yeah. could change something, like, you would change that. Yeah. You want to go first? Okay. Mm. So, um, earlier I talked about loose ends and I just felt like um, Steve going to the past was such a really, really, really loose end. Mm. It doesn't make sense mm. at all. I mean, like, the whole time travel thing is a bit effy, but mm. wait, I'm going to read a tweet that sums it up. <laughs> I love my tweets. Go for I it. Screwed. I have thoughts on it too, but then yeah. I'll talk about it after you. There's this tweet by at Incorrect Marvel. Endgame. If you go back in time and change something, you create a new timeline. Endgame writers. Steve is the father of Peggy's children. There were always two Steves. We don't know our own movies. It was kind of like, yeah. I mean, that's the essence of time travel, right? If you go back in time, you change something. You create a new timeline. So... Okay, when he went back and returned mm-hmm. all the stones mm-hmm. and he chose to stay, shouldn't it have been a different timeline? Why is old Steve in the same timeline, you know? I think, Does that mean that mm. the Steve in the ice never resurfaced? Or did he just live a quiet life with Peggy and didn't become Captain America? Mm. Which I don't think he could have because like he was very patriotic and mm. everything. So what's your take? I think how people understood it, like those who accepted that loose end, uh, how they understood it was the current timeline Steve jumped to the past, right? So mm-hmm. in the current timeline, that, he, that Steve is gone. 
And then in the new timeline where Steve stayed with Peggy, that's its own reality. And a lot of people say na he still had pen particles. Yeah, and then he used it to jump back. Yes, but just for, to give the shield. Yeah, but for me, like, actually, I talked I talked with Harold about this, my mm-hmm. office mate. Oh, and actually, interestingly enough, like, I guessed his favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and I got it right, it's Leonardo, and he was super shocked, and I explained to him the four humors. So guys, if you want to know what all of that is about, check out our episode five. five. But anyway, so back to this, and talking with Harold, it made me realize he had one last pin particle to go back, you know? Mm. Right? And he chose so, at that moment. He, yeah, he, he was could old. have gone. Yeah, he he had gone back as old Steve. So that was like a whole separate timeline, mm. right? But for me, the scene would have made more sense if he had returned on the machine because, like, the fact that he was waiting at the bench mm. that kind of meant that I don't know. Like a lot of people assumed he had grown old in this current timeline, mm. you know. But I felt like the Russo brothers were going for shock value. Correct, correct. So yeah. That's um one of for me one of the loose ends. Okay. Un- oh sorry, go. Yeah. I, I think I have thoughts on that too. I think um the Russo brothers, I think they wanted to end his story arc where because you know, Iron Man started as egotistical and self-centric and ended um by selfless. being selfless. And altruistic. Yes. Captain America started by being selfless. Like he just wanted oh. to serve his country. So they wanted his character arc to end. Where he finally found Chose himself. Yes. Self-love. So I feel like they tried to force a narrative wherein he would go back to Peggy and live a life that he wanted. Because I feel like that's the ending that people wanted for Captain America. So I feel like that's, they forced that's the narrative. That's the ending the heteronormative ideals oh. wanted for mm. Captain America. Wait, I sent you this article on Twitter. Which one? Sorry, I, ha- I haven't one. opened it. Oh. And it also delved... Like, remember the one I mentioned before, like, with Black Widow? Mm. Like, it's the same. Because at Age of Ultron, at one point, Steve was like, does he really want a family at that point? Like, at that point, for him, the Avengers are his family. I mean, mm-hmm. he's known the girl for, what, like, a few weeks or something? And, you know, gonna go back in time just to get to know that girl? What if they don't work out? I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, the whole thing about Steve was his love for his best friend Bucky mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me that he didn't even tell Bucky that bye I'm gonna leave forever you're my best friend I had a whole civil war with Iron Man because of you mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna leave and mm-hmm. come back as an old man you know mm-hmm. I don't know for me like what I read in the article it, it was very enlightening you should read it but what I read in the article was that um, what happened was a lot of fans wanted Bucky and um, Captain America to be Endgame. And the way the article said it, like, when the characters become a bit, like, um, vague. Yeah, vaguely, you know, you don't know if they're in a relationship or it's just a beautiful friendship. Mm -hmm. Like, they try to enforce the straightness of a character by marrying them off Mm -hmm. to another female character Mm -hmm. or something like that when it all becomes vague. And but that's so weird. Sorry, I never thought or I never saw Bucky and Captain America as having a romantic or well, like eating me, there for me, bromantic, bromantic, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, like, yeah, yeah. But like that's the problem with no, that's what the article said. Like mm. that's the problem with vague, um, you know, or will they won't they mm, gets gets <laughs> yeah. Like in the end, he mm. went back, um, grew old, had a family with Peggy, and. It kind of enforces the child-bearing heteronormative ideal, as Holt put it, is the ideal. Mm. Which, yeah, I mean, I just wish he could have said goodbye to Bucky. I mean, after all they've been through, like, if you just fucking leave me without saying goodbye, <laughs> I would kill your older. I would kill your older self. Maybe just push you <laughs> and be like osteoporosis, bitch. <laughs> but you get me. Yeah, like, I get you. Like, you Leave me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel so strongly about I know. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I know, you know, I really also really like how the movie like sparks a lot of conversation. No, no, not really controversies, but conversations. conversations. That was better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One of the other parts that I didn't get was actually Professor Hulk. Oh yeah, that's one of mine. Oh too. Right? Like I feel like he's the epitome of Deus Ex. Nakina. Why? Ah, because they needed someone to snap? 
Yeah, to and get everyone he was back. the only one who could because mm. gamma rays and why do the stones have gamma rays? They're literally fucking magic. Yeah. Why the sudden gamma? Why the sudden science? Yeah. And you know, if he was hulky hulk, he would have been able to snap. Yeah. So I felt like it was a deus ex machina, the fact that they had the calm hulk. So yeah. That yeah. Well, first of all, they didn't explain thoroughly how he became... He just became Professor yeah, Hulk. He was just like... I was so I just I was got like, over it. Yeah, I was like... For years, you were always mad. That's why you were able to control Hulk. And now you were just able to get over it. Like, yeah. explain yourself, I know. Bruce Banner. And I don't know. Like, I really this wanted to... This is why to... you're also a dispensable. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, but Yeah. And I also wanted really to see a scene of Hulk, like, smashing it out. I don't remember a scene where well, he was fighting. The past Hulk... Yeah, but that's it. Like, the yeah, and then he just snapped. He was there just for the snap. Wait, actually, I felt like he was given the role of snapping because ah. if he did it, what else would he do? Because he can't solve the time problem. Yeah, correct. You know? Correct. Oh, I know. Like, if he didn't do the snap, what was oh, his role? Yeah. Nada. But still, it's so weird. Like, also, I didn't like because the Professor Hulk's personality is like really weird. Like, he was like. Hey, yeah. Hey, kids, like what up? He became like a frat boy Hulk. I don't know. That was. <laughs> did you feel that? Yeah. He was like, hey, so pictures, right? That's yeah. like that. That was like the weirdest thing for me in the entire movie. But from the that, start, that's just could, that's just but, us being very yeah. nitpicky about it. But from the start, like I could really feel like you were like, wow, the Russo brothers are amazing, and I'm just like, they're it. Yeah. Like they're not Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like. Maybe because I'm just super invested yeah. in the movie. So, like, every thought that was put into it, I'm like, yes, yeah. amazing. I mean, I really like movies that make you really think about them after, mm. but not think about them so much that you see a lot of plot holes, you mm. know? Yes. But, but no, don't get me wrong. Like, I love Endgame, but yeah. just the whole time travel thing, like, it was a bit iffy for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think time travel is like a very ah they put they the Bruce brothers put it this way like nobody can really explain how time travel works because it's not a reality right so I guess they tried to make their own interpretation of it and I guess because since they made their own like it's not a because you know Back to the Future that kind of time travel is a consistent storyline a lot of different I guess movies or shows have used so this is like the first time they've dealt with separate timelines in time travel so I guess that's the reason why they can't you know. Like, make it a cohesive and coherent story. But, like, personally, like, they had all the time, all the resources, all the fans. Just a bit disappointed with that bit. Mm. But overall, like, the movie was still exactly what, what I expected. expected. And what be. we needed. Nothing more, nothing, nothing less. less. Correct. Yeah. Wait, so speaking of comic turn. Oh, wait. Actually, I don't know if you knew, but do you know what Star Wars Day is? No. It's May 4. You know why? No. May the 4th be with you. Ooh, that's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> and that's why I always remember my aunt's birthday because her birthday is May the 4th. Ah, yeah. Interesting. So the thing is, uh, May 4 this year, 2019, is actually Free Comic Book Day. So like the name says, um, they just give free comics in the whole wide world. And in the Philippines, Fully Booked does that. So I'm pretty. I'm always excited for FCBD, and what's FCBD? Free Comic Book Day. I just oh, you have to be okay. Get it. Get it. <laughs> so I'm always really excited for FCBD, and I would have my mom go with me so that I could get more than one comic. Okay, ah, it's just one per person. Yeah, it's just okay. one per person. You know, to be fair. True. So what my mom and I usually do, we go to SM North. Fully booked. Then we hop on to Trinoma. And then we hop on to Virtus Nord. So we could get all six. Damn! Yeah. I don't know if this is a bad thing. But I no. just really want to read them all, you mm, know? For free. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, for free. Yeah. And this year, uh, my mom was busy. So I had to go alone. And Trinoma fully booked was closed. So from Virtus North, I had to hop on to SM North. And by the time I got to SM North, imagine mo, like the malls opened at 10. I was there at 9. So as soon as I got my first comic mm-hmm. at 10, mm-hmm. I went, I crossed over to SM North. And like there was only one type left. And there were like five pieces. And I got almost the last one. Mm. 
just the first hour of free comic book day and they're already all sold out. Wow. I don't know. For me, it's pretty unprecedented. But I feel like it also had to do with the fact that um, one of the titles for free comic book day was Avengers mm. and another one was Spider-Man. Okay. But I actually got... Um, Deadly Make- Class. No. Ah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I know. I love Deadly Class a lot. It's weird that I relate to um, a class of teenage assassins, mm-hmm. but the whole... Marcus's, Marcus is the um, main character there. His whole diary of being alone in this world and trying to find his own people, mm-hmm. it just really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And the way the writer paints a picture with words, it's just really nice. Okay. And I actually really love his free comic book issue because he had been teasing about it that it is a very special issue mm-hmm. to his heart. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's kind of like relevant. Um, I'm going to read some of it. Go. So, in this uh, issue, they were like in a concert mm-hmm. and Marcus was thinking, we are all a part of something bigger. Like, unity isn't such a crazy idea. Great music will get to you. Makes me wonder what it took for them to get up there. You know, the band. What did they overcome to get on that stage to bring me this gift? Pouring every ounce of themselves into it without any promise of any reward. Just a desire to make art. And they must have known some people would shit on them. But can true art be made with consideration to any external judgments? Can sing your life fearlessly while you focus on the emotions of other people. And if the audience doesn't enjoy it, that's cool, but that's got nothing to do with you. You don't do it to give them what they want. You do it to express what you want. To make your art the way you want to make it. So long as you make the song from an honest place, your people will find you. And I don't know, I, it spoke to me a lot as a creator to just ignore the background noise, just do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because y- your niche will find you. Yeah, your people will find mm-hmm. you. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, as a creator, like, you know, it's such a nice thing yeah. to hear, to yeah. just not care, to do it. Because you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just really like Deadly Class. And oh my god, I got the last one. But imagine, mo, I was there at 9am ah, before mall hours. That's crazy. And I was like kind of sad that I didn't get to get a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy that the comic book culture is, is growing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like everyone's a geek now. And I feel like most of it has to do with the Marvel movies. Yes. I mean, no shade to DC movies. Like, I actually... Not that I prefer, but I've read more DC comics Mm-mm. than Marvel comics. But like Marvel has their way with their movies. Correct. And it's just great that everyone's a geek now, you know? Yeah. Because like in the in the old days, like it wasn't cool yeah. if you like comics. But now yeah. that it's mainstream. Like I know I know it's such a basic bitch th- thing to say this, but I love things becoming mainstream. You know how people are like, oh no, it used to be my thing, but now it's shared by millions of people. Some people don't that, like doesn't that. Doesn't that make it more exciting to have something shared by a lot of people? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm just really happy with where the comic book culture is. Me too. Going along. And a lot of movies are coming up that are based from comic <gasps> book stories. Like Detective Pikachu. Well, actually, Detective Pikachu was based on a game, but. Yeah. Um, so, have you watched it? No, I'm gonna watch oh it God, tomorrow. Oh my God, go watch it. I haven't laughed out loud in a long time. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because like, I'm sorry, but in Endgame, I was just like, I smiled a bit. But yeah. like, in, in Pikachu, like, there were like parts where I just laughed out loud. And I think it has something to do with Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's my one of my favorite actors because I just love his sense of sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. And you kind of, you can kind of sense what the ending is, but you don't know how you're gonna get there. Okay. Like, I love movies like that where it's not super predictable. Okay. But like, not super like how did it get here yeah. how did it get to this ending like when you look back you're like mm, I see how we got here but the comic to movie adaptation I really really liked and which is coincidentally my favorite movie of 2018 was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse oh I just watched that recently yeah yeah it is a really good movie I think most I think most of my happiness with Detective Pikachu and Into the Spider-Verse was that I liked the trailer but I didn't really expect much from the story because Mm. I didn't know what happened in the game Mm -hmm. I didn't know what happened with Spider-Man Into the Mm Spider-Verse but 
It was such a nice surprise it when is. I got there. And I really like the soundtrack. I really feel like it's... The soundtrack! Yeah. Oh my god. I don't remember the lyrics. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's one of those movies that really showcase this is our generation, you mm, know? Correct. Like, with the whole music, with the whole... Visualization. Brooklyn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the animation was so good. It showing, was. like, very, very different kinds of Spider-Man. So, actually, like, um, I watched a video about it. Mm. And, as I've said, I didn't read the comics. But apparently, like, mm. Miles' character... Because you know, like, how the whole Spider-Man was redone three times yes. with Tom Holland being the third one... Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can't do the whole Uncle Ben dying again yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, actually... Kasi gas-gas na siya. Yeah, gas-gas na siya. Actually, what they did was, a lot of Miles' character and even his best friend, he was the 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 guy with the glasses, the Asian guy with the glasses. Mm. In this room where they were avoiding him. Huh? That yeah. was Miles' best friend? Becomes his best friend. But they ah. didn't show it in the movie because in the movie, it was all about Miles. Okay, you know? yes. But, like, he's Ned. The okay. new, new BFF of Spider- Tom Holland Spider Man. Okay. Because they can't do Harry Osborne again, you yeah. know? Ah, the storyline yeah. of Harry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the challenge to Miles Morales was like, how can you make Miles Morales without him being a copy of scene. Tom Holland? Because Tom Holland Spider Man already took some of Miles' characters, you know, having young, attentive parents, his BFF. So, like, what the movie did was, the movie really showed his culture. Like, he was half black, half Hispanic. He would talk in Spanish with his mom. And he went to this really nice, fancy school, mm. right? Like, in the comics, like, they just showed that, okay, he transferred schools. But, in actually, I really like the scene when he came in and he was trying to be, like, chummy with everybody. But, but like, everyone ignored yeah. him. Right? Like, he felt so alone in his new school. And he went to his art to... Because that's where he feels at home, you know? And actually, the whole artistic Miles, it didn't exist in the Miles comic. Oh, like, interesting. It really gave him depth, you know? Mm. And it gave him something to connect with his uncle Aaron. Like, the art, their art connects them. Because actually, in, in the comic, Uncle Aaron, his last words to Miles was like... Because Uncle Aaron was super evil. Mm. When he died, he was like, you're just like me. So that kind of haunts Miles. But in Into the Spider-Verse movie... Uncle Aaron says, you're the best among us, you know? You're, you'll be better than us. And I think that's like, I don't like characters that are like, they're just evil, that's that. Like, right. There's always a duality to every mm-hmm. person. And in the movie, they showed, because like with Peter Parker, he, his problem was that he was the only smart kid. But with Miles Morales, his problem was that he was in a room with hundreds of smart kids and he was trying to be an individual. Mm. I think that's why I really resonated with this movie. Because like, you know how individualism is super important to me. And yes. I felt like that was a major theme in this movie. Especially with that part when Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker from, under, from the other universe said, Don't do it like me. Do it like you. Mm. And, you know, like, anyone can be behind the mask. That's what Peter Parker said. But Miles Morales was the one who proved it. But like, of all the alternate universes of our heroes, like, I feel like I like Miles Morales the best. Really? It makes a lot of sense. And also, it's very fleshed out. Like, I don't know, like, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like, honestly, like, I feel like it's one of the movies of our times. Yeah. I swear. I really like it too. I don't know, sometimes you just, sometimes people just put out comic book movies because... Again, it's mainstream yeah. and they just make it like very action packed. But I feel like Miles Morales had a lot of depth to it. Mm, yeah. And especially the other characters that came in. Like they all had their own backstory. I don't know. I just like that they all supported Miles because, yeah. you know, all of the Spider Man movies made it seem like Peter Parker felt very isolated because he didn't have anyone else who yeah. knew about his powers. And so with this new movie and all the other Spider-Men from the different <laughs> universes coming in to support him, I think that was made his character stronger in the end. You know the part where he's off the building and then he just jumps and then falls? Did he fall to the ground? Did he no, hit the he, ground? No, he swung. Ah, okay. He would have died, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm, Spider-Man ain't invincible. I'm sorry, I forgot about that part. Anyways, yeah. go. Um, people loved Into the Spider-Verse so much that they actually released the script 
<gasps> Ooh. Yeah, and actually in that scene, the script was something like when he was falling, the scene rendered it in a way that it was upside down. Okay. So in the script, it was written, he's falling, but he's rising because mm. like it was upside down, and I was just like. I don't know that ah, like, the symbol oh of God. the symbol like, of that fall is yeah. when he's rising to become Spider-Man. Yeah, because it turned it upside down. Mm. I was like, you know, you gotta fall to rise. What? But anyway, that scene really hit me. I was like, wow, that script line was like, mm. actually, that's why my header photo is of Spider-Man falling slash rising in Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just sharing. <laughs> At yeah. Stephanie Siap. At Stephanie Siap. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love, I don't know, I don't know, I think, knowing the stories behind the stories, you know? And I feel like there was a time where movies kind of dipped, like the quality of movies dipped. I don't know if you felt that. Mm. But then I feel like now people are churning up like movies with really good stories, which yeah. I very much appreciate. So. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, I think that sounds it. That up. wraps it up. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, there weren't any tea spillage as much here. I think we just both oh, wanted to I talk think about some tea, though. Yeah, like the controversies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, but we just really wanted to talk about Avengers. Like, who doesn't want to talk about Avengers? It's yeah. like the movie of the year, man. I can't wait to watch um as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, me too. I think I think Thor and. Peter Quill's tandem is Ooh, very funny. funny yeah. yeah, like remember when they were he was trying to mock him. Like um, Thor was like, "Are you trying to speak like me?" I don't know. How to uh, yeah. But then he was like, "Speak like this." <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I guess last words would be, "We love you three thousand. Oh, we love you three thousand too. What? What? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Sorry. Um, I love you 3,000, Jillian. I love you 3,000 too, Steph. And we love you 3,000. We hope to see you in the next 20 episode. Goodbye. Bye. And then I'm going to fade this out. So we like kind of have like an end. Okay, bye. Bye.